Welcome to CoinStack, our podcast and newsletter on Bitcoin, Ethereum, Polkadot, DeFi, blockchain, Web 3.0, and the future of money. Let's get started. What up, CoinStacker? This is Mike, your favorite DeFi DJ, and welcome back to another episode of CoinStack. It is Thursday, October 7th, and in this week's episode, we're going to recap everything about Bitcoin, Ethereum, blockchain, and the future of money. We'll be covering all the top crypto news, fundraisers, stats, and reports. Stay tuned so we can help you find that alpha. Coinstack is sponsored by HeartRhythm, the crypto quant fund focused on global and social transformation. For three years now, their crypto trading strategies have generated exceptional returns without a single down month by using a combination of algorithmic trading, margin lending, DeFi yield farming, and hedged liquidity pools. HeartRhythm is now hiring to scale up their team, which is currently based in San Francisco, Boulder, and Chicago, but it's a remote first team, so you can live anywhere. They're hiring smart contract developers, quant engineers, data scientists, and a COO and CFO with hedge fund experience. If you're interested in joining their exceptional team or learning more about their crypto quant fund and social impact focus, visit heartrhythm.com. That's rhythm like algorithm, R-I-T-H-M. Thank you to Heartrhythm for sponsoring this episode of CoinStack. All right. So in the last week alone, we have seen just the markets ripping. Bitcoin going up now 25% in the last week. Ethereum another 19.49. And also Solana up another 12%. And our new favorite, Avalanche, all up for the week. Absolutely insane. What's going on? It is October, everybody. Welcome, because it is Q4. And we're ready for that pump. So let's start off with the good old crypto news of the week for your top 10 stories. First up, we got Gary Gensler saying the SEC can't and won't ban cryptocurrency. SEC Chairman Gary Gensler was questioned about the possibility of introducing a China-like cryptocurrency ban earlier on uh, Wednesday. Gensler answered that this does not fall under the SEC's duties and that the U.S. approach is different than that of China. His statements uh, were made in response to Representative Member Ted Budd, who observed that China has been on a warpath against cryptocurrency since 2013, but drew attention to the country's ban on crypto transactions last month. Specifically, Gensler stated that the U.S.'s approach is really quite different from that of China. It's a matter of how we get the cryptocurrency field within the investor consumer protection that we have. Kisler said regarding the SEC's own duties, he also noted that other departments are confronting issues around anti-money laundering, tax compliance, and financial stability issues. On further questioning, he added that restricting cryptocurrency to make way for government-backed digital currency would be up to Congress. He explained that the SEC is only able to work with the authority that it has been given. Next up, we have the SEC subpoenaing USDE uh, stablecoin backer Circle. Circle said it is fully cooperating with the subpoena, but has declined to elaborate on the scope of the actual investigation. Uh, Circle, which is a key supporter of the USCC stablecoin, said in a regulatory filing that it received an investigative subpoena from the SEC Enforcement Division in July that subpoena requests documents and information regarding certain of our holdings, customer programs, and operations, the filing said. And I quote, we are cooperating fully with your investigation, Circle said, in the filing filing, which was issued as part of the Circle's plan to go public. 
In a document, they didn't elaborate on what the SEC's investigation was focused on. Circle told CoinDesk late Tuesday it could not provide additional information. Next up, we have uh, Visa developing inter interoperability concept for central bank digital currencies or CBDC payments. Visa has developed a conceptual protocol that shows how various CBDCs can be interoperable for payments. Going a little bit deeper, the concept called Universal Payment Channel outlines how various blockchain networks can be interconnected to allow transfer CBDCs. It shows how Visa can help exchange various CBDCs built on different blockchains in the future. This is a much longer term future thinking concept around a way that Visa could potentially help become a bridge uh, between one digital currency on one blockchain and another digital currency on another blockchain. Visa's head of crypto, Koi Shifield, told The Block in an interview. Next up, we have uh, SEC rules the rules decisions on four Bitcoin ETF applications to end of 2021. The Security Exchange Commission punted on four of those uh, Bitcoin ETF applications, shifting deadlines into late November and December. Issuers Global X, Valkyrie, Wisdom Tree, and Kryptone all received extensions on their proposals today. The proposals are now slated to receive their decisions on November 21st, December 8th, December 11th, and December 24th, respectively. Uh, Crypto and Wisdom Tree and Valkyrie have all faced previous extensions. Each order notice read, the commission finds that it is appropriate to designate a longer period within which to issue an order approving or disapproving the proposed rules change so that it has sufficient time to consider the proposed rule change and the issue raised in the comment letters that have been submitted in connection therewith. And next we have Grayscale adding on Solana to the $494 million digital large cap fund. The asset manager's Bitcoin heavy fund allocated 3.24% of Sol uh, on Friday and 1% also into Uniswap. The company is a subsidiary of Coindex and the parent DCG said in that statement and then closed on Friday. It is the first time Solana will be included in Grayscale Investment Vehicle. The statement said it called the move part of a quarterly rebalancing. Solana is now the fourth largest holding of a fund dominated by Bitcoin. Solana gave back some gains late Friday, but remained near sessions highs, a tick south of 160. Coinbase reports 6,000 crypto account hacks after SMS flaw. Over 6,000 Coinbase users saw their account drained last week as hackers exploited an authentication bug to bypass the company's SMS security feature. As part of its security, hackers with access to a Coinbase's customer credentials and email account are normally prevented from logging into an account if a customer has multi-factor authentication enabled. However, Coinbase said a vulnerability existed in their SMS account recovery process allowing the hackers to gain the SMS two-factor authentication token needed to access a secured account. Even with the information described above, additional authentication is required in order to access your Coinbase account. A notification read, it added in this incident for customers who use SMS text for two-factor authentication, but third-party took advantage of a flaw in Coinbase's SMS account recovery process in order to receive an SMS two-factor authentication token and gain access to their account. Coinbase patched the bug shortly after it was discovered. Meanwhile, the exchange said it would reimburse the stolen funds directly into the account of its affected users. Next up, we have Republicans on House Financial Services Committee introducing a bill for digital tokens. The Republicans on the House uh, Financial Services Committee introduces a bill to establish a safe harbor for digital tokens. Derived from a long-standing proposal from the SEC's Hester Pierce, the bill was introduced by Republican leadership of the House Financial Services Committee, along with the new scrutiny of SEC Chairman Gary Gensler. Gensler testified before the Financial Services Committee later on that day, which was a Wednesday. 
And so we have DeFi security project Lossless helps recover $16.7 million from Cream Finance hack. Lossless also plans to ship a security tool that will reportedly aid DeFi projects in preventing hacks and exploits on their platforms. Uh, tweeting on Monday, Lossless identified white hat security expert Pascal Cavarasio as being pivotal to the successful recovery of the siphon funds. Detailing the asset retrieval process, Lossless stated that it used its extensive connections within the world of hackers to enable the return of the funds taken during their flash loan attack. Lossless also stated that the project is looking to launch a hack mitigation tool that will allow protocol developers to adapt a hands-on approach to preventing such malicious exploits on their platform. And next up, we actually have Hong Kong exploring CBDC as part of the fintech strategy. A new study from Hong Kong regulators expected to present its initial thoughts and feelings on the CBDC during the summer of 2022. According to a document by the HKMA, uh, we'll seek to understand the potential architectures and design options from a technical and regulatory policy perspective with the ambition of creating a dual tier system, the first being designed for a central bank to issue and redeem CBDC, and the second being a retail centric for commercial banks to distribute and circulate either our CBDC or CBDC backed e-money. Hong Kong debuted its investigation into CBDCs in 2017 with Project Lion Rock, and in early 2020, it embarked on a seven-month collaboration with the Bank of Thailand, prospecting the potential of wholesale CBDC for cross-border payments. And last but not least, we have the Biden team looking into bank regulations to solve stablecoin questions. The Biden administration is contemplating how it wants to regulate stablecoin issuers. The news came comes ahead of the forthcoming Treasury report on stablecoins, a highly anticipated document expected to highlight potential risks and a set framework for a federal approach to the stablecoin system. The report may also recommend that the Financial Stability Oversight Council, FSOC, the Treasury's panel formed under the Dodd-Frank for monitoring the financial system's stability to take a closer look at stablecoins. However, sources told the journal that this isn't the administration's preferred approach. Stablecoins have remained top of mind for regulators in a variety of agencies as of late. The reports of the Biden administration's plans to regulate issuers as banks come after both acting comptroller and currency Michael Sue, OCC, and Security Exchange Commission, SEC, Gary Gensler, each referred to stablecoin issuers as in the vein of the wildest wildcat bank of the 1800s. Gensler also called stablecoins into poker chips at the casino-like platforms of the crypto wild west. And that is it for your top 10 news. Up, coming up, we're going to do your crypto fundraiser deals of the week. All right, time for your weekly crypto fundraisers and deals. Axie Infinity, an Ethereum-based blockchain game, announced a $152 million uh, round in a Series B funding led by A16Z. SkyMap, the creator of blockchain-enabled play-to-earn game Axie Infinity, announced on Tuesday of a $152 million Series B round. The announcement came a day after the information reported that SkyMavis is raising another 150 in Series B funding at a valuation of $3 billion. Axel and Paradigm also participated in a round, said Sky Mavis. With fresh capital at hand, Sky Mavis plans to expand its team, scale infrastructure, and build its own distribution platform to support game developers to create blockchain-enabled games. Next up, we have Ramp, a global crypto on-ramp, raising $9 million in a Series A led by Ballerton Capital. Warsaw-based crypto startup Ramp has closed a $30 million Series A fundraise led by British venture capital firm Ballerton Capital. According to three people close to the deal, the crypto on-ramp specialist, which styles itself as the PayPal for crypto, is now valued at somewhere around $300 million. Ramp and Ballerton were contract contacted for comment but did not respond uh, by press time. The news comes less than four months after Ramp's $9 million seed raise. It's that round led by venture capital firm NFX and Mike Novogratz's Galaxy Digital. 
Next up, we have Thorswap, a DEX raising $3.75 million in a private token sale led by IDEO CoLab Ventures. Crushing decentralized exchange, Thorswap has concluded a $3.75 million private token sale backed by leading venture funds within the blockchain industry, offering further evidence that investors are keen to back market-ready DeFi platforms. The funding will be used by Thorswap to continue building its development and operational resources, including the launch of a new product on top of Thorchain. The decentralized liquidity network powering the exchange, the private token sale was led by IDEO CoLab Ventures, with participating from True Ventures, Sanctuary Capital, Nine Realm, Proof of Group, Zero X Ventures, G Capital, Thorchain, and others. The platform also announced that its token generation event for the native Thor cryptocurrency schedule for later this month. And last but not least, we have Layer 3, a DAO job board raising $2.5 million in a round led by Parify Capital. Uh, uh, Layer 3, we're excited to announce our fundraiser for 2.5 to unlock the global talent network for the DAOs of tomorrow. A word from Parify Capital's Nick Chong. We believe in Layer 3 will emerge as a critical piece of the Web3 stack. Coordinating human capital is a major challenge faced by DAOs today. Layer 3 is building a marketplace for DAOs to connect with community members to procure an array of microservices. With Layer 3, community members can get paid for supporting DAOs. DAOs can more transparently and efficiently leverage the efforts of their community. Another word by Lattice Capital's uh, Regan Bosman and Mike Zajko. We've been active participants in a number of DAOs over the past year and have been consistently frustrated at the coordination problems between core teams and communities. Core teams want to delegate tasks, communities want to work, but it's still challenging to get things done. Layer 3 makes it incredibly easy for people to start contributing to DAOs and for DAOs to manage those tasks. All right, key stats of the week, as well as those top reports. Number one, we have the number of unique daily buyers on OpenSea averaging 17.4 thousand in Q3, an 815% increase over the 1.9 thousand unique daily buyers in Q2. Number two, we have top projects by uh, PE10 trend in the past seven days by token terminal with E being protocol revenue. Top three now being in the last seven days trailing are Nexus Mutual, Pangolin, and Phantom. Next Mutual is actually an insurance company. Pangolin is a DEX over on Avalanche, and Phantom is a brand new layer one. Fidelity showing a portfolio with a 1% position in Bitcoin led to 2.6% additional annualized revenue if held 2015 to 2021, showing that all portfolios would have benefited from a 5 to 10% exposure. Number four, we have 42% of investors seeing Ethereum as having the most compelling growth outlook. With Ethereum now coming in at over 40% of institutional uh, inflows coming into Ethereum, then Bitcoin, as well as multi-assets such as Bitwise's and index co-ops indexes. Uh, number five, Axie Infinity opening staking. You can now buy spot axes to stake while shortening the Axie's perpetual future for roughly 79% APR delta neutral yield up. Jump on that one, guys, because I don't know how much long that one's going to last. Number six, we had Bloomberg's latest report highlighting Ethereum becoming the money of the internet. Uh, Ethereum is a key to building the crypto infrastructure where free markets have embraced the greenback as the top global currency. Bitcoin is becoming a digital reserve asset, while the denominator for most NFTs, Ethereum is the money of the internet. Uh, Bloomberg actually came to his conclusion by going on market on coin market cap and then organizing the table by total volume in the last 24 hours, which from what they're showing is around 65 billion of USDT being traded in a day on average, next up being 27 billion on Bitcoin, another 16 billion on Ethereum, and then Binance. So their conclusion basically is, wow, the US dollar is being traded globally. That's crazy. 
Bitcoin's being traded as a reserve asset, and we can actually make the conclusion that Ethereum is being traded as the money of the internet because of all of this crazy NFT activity going on. Speaking of activity, number seven, we have Polygon eclipsing Ethereum daily active users by nearly 10% on uh, looking at the chart over the chart over here, we have Ethereum with daily active users somewhere around 326,000 and Matic at somewhere around 351,000 daily active users. Congrats, Polygon. And number eight, uh, where investors that have held ETH since the beginning of 2020, they would have increased, seen an increase in their initial investment over 26x from September 12th, 2021. However, the same investor only held ETH during Hong Kong market hours. They would instead have realized a negative return. Uh, that is a quote from the founder of Falcon X over at Two Ragu on Twitter, quoting a chart sent over by Mazari, showing us how actually the cumulative performance of trading sessions uh, and how much more profit you would have if you were to trade against the New York market hours versus the London market hours and then the Hong Kong market hours. Highlights from the top crypto reports on this week. Number one, we have global cryptocurrency and digital assets. The Bank of America Corporation published a report offering a bullish outlook for the long-term prospects of cryptocurrency. The report suggests that the cryptocurrency sector's $2.15 trillion market cap is too large to ignore and highlights the sector's various use cases. And I quote, a digital form of cash fiat currency issued by central banks is inevitable for central banks as the world shifts to cashless payments. A sense of urgency is also emerging as private companies sponsor stable coins gain adoption, potentially impacting central banks' ability to implementing monetary policy. CBDCs would also make transactions faster and less susceptible in counterfeiting and cheaper than printing and minting paper and metal currency. Digital money can also be tracked across wallets and potentially bring unbanked lower income people around the world into the financial system. There are many good reasons to shift to the digital currency, but the details will take time to work out as central and commercial banks accelerate CBDC and digital asset initiatives. Number two, current digital asset institutional adoption segments. The Fidelity Digital Asset uh, Research Sector of Fidelity released their latest research on uh, this month, showing us that the US and European interest in digital asset investment products had increased 12% year over year. Meanwhile, in Europe, high net worth investors and financial advisors invested more actively after crypto hedge funds and venture capital funds. And I quote, the study validates what we're hearing from Fidelity's institutional advisor clients. The demand for digital assets increases across segments. Family offices have been early adopters and view digital assets as strategic allocation. There is now also a sense of urgency among financial advisors recognizing that the digital assets have come of age driven by increasing end interest and investor interest in these assets, particularly Bitcoin. Number three, Coindesk Quarterly Review. Coindesk Research presents its latest quarterly report, which outlines growing market interest from institutions, retail investors, and regulators, as well as EIP-59 and the impact it had on Ethereum and its ecosystem. And I quote, a controversial impact of EIP-1559 was the transition to burning base transaction fees directly taking away from the minor revenue. Since August 4th, there have been no significant change in USD revenue value, likely due to mania in NFT markets. An increase in Ether price. Critics of the upgrade warn users of the consequence of alienating miners, especially as the network nears its transition to proof of stake. It will be essential to keep an eye on miner behavior as those stakeholders are gradually left behind. Miners have still been buying millions of dollars worth of mining equipment, taking a large bet on delay of the merge. Furthermore, China's most recent crackdown has led Spark Pool and B Pool and the second and fourth largest mining pools to cease operations. that is all that i have for you guys this week check out our latest episode on avalanche where we do a deep dive onto 
its tokenomics, how it works, why it's going to win, and where it fits in this place called our cryptoverse. So watch out for that podcast episode to drop. Until then, take care of yourselves. Love you all. Bye. Coinstack is sponsored by HeartRhythm. HeartRhythm is an algorithmic crypto quant fund with assets under management in the top 10% of crypto funds. For three years now, their crypto strategies have generated exceptional returns without a single down month by using a combination of algorithmic trading, margin lending, DeFi yield farming, and market neutral hedged liquidity pools. Their strategies have never had a down month going back to 2018 through both bear and bull markets. On the team, they have a cognitive science PhD, world-class engineers and quants from Google, Airbnb, and Citadel, and an operations team from top venture funds. HeartRhythm is on track to put 50% of their performance fees into social impact projects as part of building a crypto quant fund that does good in the world and brings millions of dollars per year into social impact grants. They're building a brilliant regenerative engine for social transformation that turns code into money and money into good while generating exceptional returns. And now HeartRhythm is scaling up their team. They're hiring smart contract developers, quant engineers, data scientists, and a CFO and COO with hedge fund experience. If you're interested in joining their exceptional team or learning more about becoming part of their crypto quant fund, visit heartrhythm.com. That's rhythm like algorithm, R-I-T-H-M. 100% heart and 100% algorithms, that's HeartRhythm. Thank you to HeartRhythm for sponsoring Coinstack.